Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the John Solomon Reports podcast. Yes, yesterday we had the amazing interview with President Trump. I'm so grateful for the time he spent with us. Lots of news broke on that podcast, everything from the January 6th commission to all of the policy decisions and failures of the Biden administration, his own concerns about the continuing problems with elections and vote counting and so much more. But we also broke the story about Benny Thompson, the Mississippi Democratic congressman who is the chairman of the January 6th commission, who has portrayed himself over the last few weeks as a man against insurrection and for local police. And today we're going to give you a different viewpoint on Benny Thompson. Uh, As you know, the story yesterday that we exclusively broke using FBI documents using state historical video footage and newspaper archives, chronicled how Benny Thompson 50 years ago was on the different side of an insurrectionist movement. He was a man as a young city councilman, alderman in a tiny community of Mississippi, Bolton, Mississippi. He was defending a black nationalist secessionist group that the FBI's own documents said was preparing for guerrilla warfare to take by force if necessary land in the southeast to make an independent african nation this group renounced its citizenship it signed its own declaration of independence and its goal was to succeed land from the united states and make its own country on u.s soil and over the years as we described in this story they engaged in violent clashes with police on at least three occasions in detroit New Mexico, and in Mississippi, officers were killed during confrontations with members of this group. Many of the members of the group went to prison. Some fled to Cuba. All of that was in my story. And, you know, every time we talk about these sort of historical things, we talk about a police officer killed, a FBI agent shot in the line of duty, but we never personify that officer. Too often the media just moves on. Well, today we're going to do something special. Joining me on this show is a retired, just retired, Mississippi County judge. His name is Bill Skinner, William Skinner. And he has something big to add to the debate about Benny Thompson. What is that? He has a very different view on Benny Thompson because it was his father, Bill Skinner's father, which whose name was W. Lewis Skinner, Bill's name for his dad, 
who was shot dead on August 18, 1971, in Jackson, Mississippi, when he went with the FBI to serve a search warrant, and they were ambushed by gunfire from inside the Republic of New Africa's compound. And all three law enforcement officials were shot, an FBI agent, a fellow officer. But W. Lewis Skinner died from his injuries. He died 50 years ago this year, uh, about 50 years ago in in less than two months. Today, Bill Skinner is going to join us on this show to talk about what he knows about Benny Thompson. Is Benny Thompson really a supporter of cops as he's portrayed himself? I think Bill Skinner has a different perception. He's going to talk about what his father went through the last time he saw his dad, what they talked about. Really powerful stuff. But it's a reminder that sometimes what you see on television, what you hear in the news, isn't what actually is a complete picture. Benny Thompson's picture on the issue of insurrection, on the issue of supporting law enforcement, is much more questioned, much more dubious. It is much more complicated because he clearly supported this secessionist group And he participated in a news conference right after W. Lewis Skinner was shot dead, a few days after that. He participated in the conference blaming the police, blaming Officer Skinner, Lieutenant Skinner, for having died because he dared to pick on this group by, by the way, lawfully serving court-issued warrants. That's all the guy was doing. He's doing his job. His father was the head of the Jackson Police Intelligence Unit, trying to keep an eye on groups that posed a security threat to the city of Jackson, the state of Mississippi, and this great country, the United States of America. So we're going to spend the whole show with Bill Skinner. He followed in his father's footsteps, became a Jackson police officer, was injured in the line of duty, and then ran for judge. Pretty amazing. Now, he and Benny Thompson don't get along. Benny Thompson is according to Skinner, campaigned against him when he ran for judgeships. They don't see eye to eye. But as you watch Benny Thompson perform on the Washington stage, that is the January 6th commission, there is another part of his life, another part of his experience, another part of his political record that the mainstream news media is not going to tell you about. I've told you about it. I've put the documents out there for you as part of Just the News. And today, retired police officer, recently retired Judge Bill Skinner is going to tell you his perspective as a boy who at age 12 lost his father in a shooting with a radical, revolutionary, violent black secessionist group that Benny Thompson supported as a young politician. That's the story you want to hear. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, my exclusive interview with retired police officer and recently retired judge, county judge, Bill Skinner from the great state of Mississippi, right after this a little more perspective on Benny Thompson coming right up. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest. You're going to know this man and probably have heard of him before. His name is Bill Skinner. You may have known him as a police officer in uh, Mississippi or a county judge, which he served for many years. He served his state for 40, 45 years. But tonight, you're going to get to know him as somebody else, as the eldest son of W. Lewis Skinner, a lieutenant detective who was killed in the line of duty on August 18th, 1971. Judge Skinner, welcome to the show. I appreciate it, John. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I uh, I never thought in a million years our paths would cross until I got a call maybe about a month ago from a retired FBI agent who said, listen, I don't know this guy, Benny Thompson, that's on TV right now with the January 6th commission. I think he might be a guy that was mixed up with a group called the Republic of New Africa in Mississippi, and that was a really radical group, and they were involved in violence. And so I started to dig to see if this retired agent's memory was correct, and sure as heck it was. And what we learned in that path of discovery was that your dad was one of those police officers killed in the line of duty trying to execute a warrant on August 18th, 1971. How old were you? You were about 12 years old? Yeah, I was 12 years old at that time. He was actually shot on the 18th and then passed away about 3 o'clock in the morning on the 19th. Wow. And uh, I was 12 years old. Uh, my One of my younger brothers was 10, and my youngest brother was 8 years old at the time. That's just amazing. And your dad oversaw the police intelligence unit, right? At the yeah, he was the, he was the lieutenant over the police intelligence division. Yeah. And, of course, after he was uh, killed, they named the police academy after him. But he was the uh, lieutenant over the intelligence division for Jackson Police Department. Wow. And had done work on this. He had worked on the Republic of New Africa probably for about two years. Uh, Originally, they were up in Detroit, came from Detroit. Uh, They were founded in 68 in Detroit. I think in 69, they were involved in shooting with a police officer in Detroit at a church. Fatal shooting there? Ended up, yeah, ended up down here, had a house at uh, 1148 Lewis Street in Jackson. And we're in the process of trying to move into a house at 1320 Lynch Street in Jackson, Mississippi, at the time. And Amari uh, Obadelli was the president. Of course, his name is Richard Bullock Henry. And he was the president. And uh, I think at that time, Chuck Way Labama, who later ended up being the mayor of Jackson, if you can believe that, yes. was a vice president. And his name was Edward Finley Terrafano, or Terrafero. I'm not sure how you pronounce that Italian name, but, you know, I've got this uh, southern accent, so <laughs> it rolls off a little different. So. Well, it, um, 
These were two key people in, in this group. And by now, now most of our listeners have read the story that I wrote yesterday. And they, if they hadn't heard of this group because so much time has passed, they now know it, right? This is a group that was radical, revolutionary. It had a stated purpose of taking over parts of the Southeast and creating a secessionist republic, right? Yeah, they uh, their go- ultimate goal was to transform Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina into the Republic of New Africa. And, of course, also they wanted part of East Texas and North Florida. And uh, their goal was to succeed from the United States of America and form their own country uh, called the Republic of New Africa. And Africa was spelled A-F-R-I-K-A. That's right. It's not the normal Africa. So it was spelled that way. And that was their ultimate goal. It, and ironically, Betty Shabazz, who is the widow of Malcolm X, Malcolm X, was one of the ori- Yeah, she was one of the original. She was the vice president of the organization when they formed it in Detroit. Amazing. And of course, I think later she left that uh, she organization. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we put out a lot of FBI documents and uh, Jackson Police Department documents yesterday. And people get a sense of what this group was involved in. Three fatal police shootings over three years, a bank robbery in Manhattan. Some of its group members fled to communist Cuba to avoid prosecution in the United States. And there was a lot of no good going on. The, The FBI their own informants said this group was planning to uh, carry out guerrilla warfare in the United States. If they had to take that land you just mentioned by force, they were prepared to do so. And so your dad, trying to protect his hometown of Jackson, is uh, overseeing the intelligence unit and gathering intelligence to try to make sure that this group doesn't do something harmful to Jackson, right? Yeah, and they they had worked on this for a couple of years, gathering intelligence, and basically... What originated was they were getting calls because this group of men were marching up and down Lewis Street with uh, high-powered rifles wow. and, and military formations. And so they would get calls. And so my father, of course, being head of the intelligence unit, would go out there and investigate it. And so he knew all of them, and they knew him. Every time he would ride by the house, he would take a picture of them, and they were taking pictures of him. And so, you know, he was doing what normal intelligence you do on him doing the background. And of course he was in contact with the FBI and the FBI was in contact with him because he was working, uh, the intelligence down here. And, uh, you know, it was just an interesting set of facts. I sent you a text earlier showing you a report where, you know, my father had arrested him on a a warrant for assault. This is Obadelli, the president, correct? Yeah. He had, he had gone to his house and arrested him. And my father went to the house by himself and arrested him. Wow. And, uh, you know, my, <laughs> I can assure you, my father was not scared of anything. And unfortunately, that <laughs> runs in the family. But he, uh, he, went, he went and arrested him. And uh, they had a con- after he was found guilty in court, he sought my father out at police headquarters yeah. and uh, confronted him because my, somebody had asked my father, said, well, how was it when you arrested him? He said, meek as a lamb. Well, that got back to Obadelli and infuriated him. It was wow. like an insult. And so he confronted my father and said, I heard you said I was meek as a lamb. And my father said, yep, that's right. And he said, well, I probably won't be the next time you come out there. And Mm -hmm. he said, well, I'm sure I'll be out there again. And, of course, he was. And that was only a few weeks Uh, before your father was slain, right? That's exactly right. I think that happened on August 4th and 18th is when uh, they raided the house, approximately about 6, 6.20 in the morning. Wow. 
the police report and the interview with one of the FBI agents lays it out pretty clearly, which is that these officers went in to execute a search warrant. They uh, they had those were lawful search warrants, arrest warrants, and search warrants. They announced that they were there. They gave the uh, asked the people to cooperate and gave them 75 seconds to come out, which is a normal police procedure. When it became apparent they weren't going to come out, one single uh, canister of tear gas was sent in to flush out the occupants of the house. And then at that moment, uh, the inside of the house opened up with gunfire upon the law enforcement officers. Is that a pretty fair recollection of how things yeah, went down? That is that's pretty accurate now. Of course, you know, I, I went on the police department in 1980. My father was killed in 71. So a lot of the officers that were involved in that raid and involved in that whole situation were still on the alive job, right? and still on the police department. Yeah. And so, of course, they would all tell me their version of what happened and versions of the story. And uh, so over the years, I've heard different things. Billy Stringer, who was our William Stringer, who was the FBI agent right. who was shot that, that morning. I've talked to him. He had called me years ago and then uh, of course he's now passed away but uh then there was billy crowell who was a jpd officer he was also shot in the shoulder william stringer was shot in the leg and you know normally if you watch tv you don't think that's a bad injury he almost bled to death and billy crowell almost died from his shoulder injury because of the type of injury he had wow the night before that happened of course you know i'm a 12 year old and uh my father comes home late that night and uh, he's eating supper, or as, as y'all would address it in the North, he's eating dinner. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I said it was Tuesday night, and in Wednesday nights in Jackson, Mississippi, they would have wrestling. And, uh, you know, it was like Bill Watts or somebody. And so my daddy was going to take us to wrestling for the first time in our life. Wow. And so uh, I, he sat down, and I said, I said, are we going to wrestling tomorrow night? And his quote was, I don't know if I'll be allowed to tomorrow night the fbi is probably gonna get me killed in the morning oh my gosh and it's the course, night you know, before the search warrants are executed yeah, right yeah and uh oh, he said we're chilling. going to a we're going in war with shotguns and uh it was you know of course when you're a 12 year old boy it's kind of disturbing and of course then he tells me to go set his alarm clock for 4 30 wow. and so you, you relive all this and of course the next morning at seven o'clock my mother's waking us up with, you know, 40 police officers at our house telling us, you know, our father had been shot. But the thing that bothered me about the whole thing, John, was, one, he wasn't in the normal police car that he drove. He had an unmarked car that was a, a Ford LTD. The the car that he went to the uh, do the raid in was a Chevrolet. They shot at him. That was the first shot fired. Wow. They shot at him first and shot at the car and the ambulance well, the Thompson tank then, they had a SWAT tank right. trying to get to them for over 20 minutes. <laughs> and so my, my, I've got a couple of questions. One, how did they know what car is going to be in? How did they know there was going to be a raid at 630 in the morning? Uh, they were they were, they were off ready, right? They were armed and ready at this point. Oh, moment. they were ready. Yeah. And why was, and you know, uh, Henry was not in the house or Obadelli was not in the house. And yeah. neither was La Bamba. He wasn't there. Right. I always say he was a coward, and of course both of them were cowards because if they were that bad, they would have been there. But, you know, he wasn't there. Let me ask you this. You're 12 years old. You're shocked by 
this incredible loss in your life. And then a week later, there's a press conference in Jackson, which we've now put up the news articles from the Clarion Ledger and, and the Picayune Times, Picayune in New Orleans, where Benny Thompson joins a group of black political leaders who spend the news conference suggesting it was your father's fault that he got killed. Not the guy who pulled the gun, not the group that opened up fire, but your father's fault he got killed because he was trying to pursue this group and he should have left the group. Now, they used a lot more colorful language that we don't use in the 21st century, but you're 12 years old. Do you remember hearing that? Do you remember what you felt when you heard that the first time? Yeah, uh, I was uh, actually at 12 years old. You know, you're watching all this stuff and, yeah. and you, you know, you're trying to comprehend. Right. And they're sitting there talking about your father being at fault. It's mind boggling. You know, when he got killed, they hid us out for several weeks after he got killed because they were worried about retaliation. For years, my family, you know, had been threatened, all these different things. We would get anonymous phone calls saying, you know, I know you're a police officer now. You're not going to live to your 25th birthday. You're not going to live to your 30th birthday. So my family has endured this for years and years and years. But in my opinion, and this is Bill Skinner's opinion, Benny Thompson was deep in this, if not eyeball deep in it. Such an amazing moment to look back upon. You know, I I know this because I grew up in a a cop's family, but, you know, for the first few weeks, everybody's there for you, right? And then the funerals pass and the the case goes and then it's over. Tell me what it was like growing up with a mom and three boys a few weeks after all the notoriety died down and and life was back to just your mom and your brothers. You know, it it was tough. Uh, Back then, law enforcement officers Families didn't get any government money. So uh, when a police officer got killed in the line of duty then, they would receive, especially in Jackson, Mississippi, they would receive half of the spouse's salary. So my mother raised three hellions, 12, 10, and 8, on $458 a month with no other assistance, and went back to college and got her teaching degree. And I didn't know we were poor back then. I thought, you know, I I thought I was rich. I didn't have a clue. I didn't have anything. But she never let us know we didn't have anything. And, uh, you know, she we all ended up going to college. And uh, all three of us ended up being law enforcement officers. That's the most amazing thing. Uh, After already having your family sacrifice the ultimate, you all go into law enforcement. Yeah. And both my brothers retired. Unfortunately, I got hurt in the line of duty and arresting a uh, suspect and had 14 shoulder surgeries and just getting ready to have my 15th shoulder surgery due to that. And then, so I was forced into an early retirement. When I retired, I went to law school. And, you know, if you don't think God's got the sense of humor, he, you know, I got elected judge (laughs) and (laughs) spent 18 years as a judge. So I ended up with right at 43 years of public service in for the state of Mississippi. So, you know, God's got a sense of humor and he's been good to me. Well, uh, you've been good to your country and to your community for all that public service and your family has given so much. I want to go back because the image that most people have right now, Benny Thompson, at the end of his career are these, you know, uh, videotaped hearings where he's embracing the police officers injured, you know, at the January 6th riot uh, and uh, denouncing insurrection and uh, seditious behavior, whatever he's calling what went on at the January 6th riots. The Benny Thompson you knew from 1971, Mississippi, was he pro-cop? I don't think there's probably a more anti-cop person or anti-police officer person in the country than Benny Thompson. He's not pro-cop. 
The only reason he's doing this is because of his hatred of Donald Trump. And, I mean, that's it. And and he's in the position. I mean, anytime Nancy Pelosi put somebody that had sex with a Chinese spy over the, you know, in the intelligence committee, I mean, she's going to put Benny Thompson, who hates police officers, over this committee. And, uh, I mean, you know, this has nothing to do with police. His his whole objective in this is to try to, to get Donald Trump. And, and it's sad what they're doing. I mean, it's sad that this is a witch hunt. And uh, it's shameful. I cannot personally watch it because I can't watch Benny Thompson sit there and spew this BS out of his mouth. Yeah, and uh, in my opinion, that's that's what it is. It's all the act. It's 50 years later. Obviously, there's been some modest justice served because there were a few members charged and, and convicted. But most of the members of the RNA and most of the group's reputation has faded and people just sort of accept as, oh, that was a crazy time, the 60s and 70s. What justice do you think your family or this country could still see or want to see to make sure that a group like the RNA or any seditionist, uh, violent group that attacks police doesn't thrive in the United States going forward? Well, first of all, they got to be recognized and we got to acknowledge that they're out there. When you have groups, and, and I hate to even say Black Lives Matter, Antifa, who are, in my opinion, uh, domestic terrorists, destroying cities, destroying federal courthouses, right. and the news media doesn't even recognize them as being terrorists or what they're doing, then we've got a problem. When our own Justice Department won't call them terrorists, there's a problem. You have to recognize these groups for what they are. And that's not happening in this country right now, and it's just I mean, it's just certain because in 1971, they recognized the Republic of New Africa as a terrorist organization because they were. But organizations like that now thrive. And I don't understand it. And you asked me about justice for my family. It's been 50 years. And I don't think my family has gotten justice. I don't believe that has happened. Anytime you can have Benny Thompson sitting as the chair of Homeland Security over this insurrection or whatever they want to call this. That's not justice. He's thumbing his nose at law enforcement all over this country. And just because it happened in Jackson, this affects law enforcement all over the country. It does. I mean, I mean, this is a brotherhood. And police are being demonized now in ways I've never, I mean, could not have imagined when I was a police officer. You know, I've got a 38-year-old daughter that texted me about six months ago, and she said, Daddy, I, I just had to tell you, thank God you're not a cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that from so many. My brother just retired. My dad retired a few years ago and and uh, from law enforcement. And uh, you hear that so often, which is how could we even operate in this environment where people don't respect authority anymore? I want to read you something. It's from the front page of the Clarion Ledger, which is the hometown newspaper in Jackson. It's the uh, the day after your father's death was announced and uh, the first 11 people were charged with murder in the case. And there was a governor, he was a Democrat, John Bell Williams is his name. And he called what happened to your father a senseless ambush. And and then he said something, because when you just said what you said about today's groups and the tolerance of the violence, this is what the governor said. He said that the senseless ambush was a indirect result This is a direct quote, an indirect result of the general atmosphere of permissiveness that has pervaded our federal courts and has been supported by our national news media. He called out the news media in 71 and the federal uh, courts for not 
calling out the new Republic of Africa, Republic of New Africa, more aggressively as a hate group. And they, they were labeled a hate group, but maybe not as aggressively. I guess that lesson 50 years later still hasn't been learned. Still has not. Isn't it ironic that you, all you had to do is change the date and it would apply as much today as it did then? And, yeah. uh, you know, I find that ironic. And, you know, the funny thing about all this, I mean, all three of us ended up being police officers. One of my youngest brother's son is now a police officer. So, you know, you got three generations that we ended up being police officers. It didn't deter us from trying to do what we, you know, we thought was right. Yeah. So, you know, we were proud of what he did, but I have never been dis- more disappointed. And, 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 and I was part of the court system. And I've never been more disappointed in the federal court, especially in the in, in, in the Justice Department and the FBI, as far as that goes. I don't believe there was an accident that they knew my father and them were coming that morning. I don't believe it was an accident that my father was shot. It wasn't just coincidental. I was told there was numerous pictures of my father in the house when they started recovering the evidence for the house. They knew what kind of car he was in, which was not normal. Yeah. And, and, you know, in my mind. And you heard from I, officers, they had pictures of your dad, right? They had kind of. Oh, a, yeah. A, yeah. A dossier pictures of him, him in right? the house. Yeah. And so, you know, in my mind, somebody tipped them off. And I can assure you it wasn't my father. Yeah. And so, you know, I've always suspected it was somebody in the FBI. I've been told that by an FBI agent. Actually, Bill Stringer, who is now dead, told me that to my face. Wow. And uh, so. I'm not sure what the FBI does. I'm not sure if they had an informant in that group or Benny Thompson was an informant for the FBI. I don't know. But I do know this. My father was killed that day. Two other police officers' lives were never the same. And I don't think in mine was never the same. Well, one thing we have to be sure, because I've said this many times, we can never forget the sacrifice. And the name, W. Lewis Skinner, your father's amazing name, can't be forgotten because he was a victim that day of a violent group whose supporters still today seem to find acceptance in Washington, which is mind-boggling to me. Bill, on behalf of Just the News, John Solomon reports, I want to thank your family for all your service, for the graciousness. You guys picked yourself off the mat of such an incredible tragedy, and you came back and you served your community, and you are a shining example of what makes America so great today. Well, John, I appreciate you, and I appreciate it more than anything that you're not letting us die, and people are finally starting to recognize Benny Thompson for who he is and who we've known he is for the last 50 years. So my whole family thanks you for what you're doing, and hopefully other people will start recognizing some of these people for who they are and not who they say they are. Facts are a stubborn thing. They have a way of finally getting out and informing the public, and we have some more fact-gathering to do. And I want to thank you for all you've done, Bill. I appreciate it, John. Thank you very much for having me. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. Can't thank you enough for listening. I hope you got something valuable from talking to Judge Skinner, what it's like to lose your dad at age 12, that haunting story of his father coming to him the night before they were talking about going to a wrestling match, but uh, father said he feared he might lose his life on the raid with the FBI the next day, and boy, was he right. Wow, what a story. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. Thank you for listening. God bless you. God bless this extraordinary country, the United States, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News, where whenever you need a news fix, you know where to go. Justthenews.com. God bless you. Good night.